The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. Sports can be everything. Both physical competition and, and races and things of that sort, but also through through e-gaming and e-sports, um, they've, they've really challenged us to keep up with them. So we're, we're muddling through. I think we're figuring our way out, and, and hopefully we won't have to do this for long, but, um, but we will we'll keep moving forward. That's Kelly Seeley, Chief Marketing Officer of the Special Olympics. Even a pandemic won't stop her mission. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Around the globe, competitions have been shuttered. Even youth sports are in the throes of whether it is actually safe to just play. The Special Olympics, it's been a platform for understanding and equality, but without the opportunity to showcase skill, it's been a tough year. And that's where Kelly Seely and her team come in to ensure the future continues to keep a spotlight where it belongs. Our guest this week is Kelly Seely, who is the CMO of the Special Olympics. They have a number of really cool initiatives that they're working on. Kelly, it's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. For having me. Um, let's start with, I think, the big question, which is, how is life for your organization amid a pandemic? Great question. I would say it's like everyone else right now. We are figuring things out. We're, we're evolving. We're figuring out new ways of doing things. Our athletes are, uh, are very inventive in the first place. They know how to... Um, how to accommodate different situations, and they have really been helping us through this time. But I, I think, as with everyone else, especially in the sports world right now, it's you know how do you keep active, how do you keep fit, how do you keep competition going, and that's what we've really been challenged with uh, over the last five months or so. And and our athletes again have really led the way in um, in leading fitness classes online, competition online. Um, both physical competition and in races and things of that sort, but also through through e gaming and esports, um, they've they've really challenged us to keep up with them. So we're we're muddling through. I think we're figuring our way out, and and hopefully we won't have to do this for long. But um, but we will we'll keep moving forward. You know, I'm friends with Kevin Nagandi, who's done a number of the broadcasts for ESPN mm. with the Special Olympics, and I've told him in the past, and I'll say it to you as well, that I, that I'm I'm jealous of that he has this 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 opportunity, um, largely because I think that the athletes in your organization, especially in a time like now where everybody has challenges, offers you the opportunity to see challenges and overcoming them. And and I think it's really I, I would imagine that working where you work. Um, you might mm-hmm. see the pandemic a little differently than just the general people who don't live with challenges every day do. I, I think so. I, our athletes uh, are isolated quite often. 
they've had to deal with isolation for a long time. And so they're very used to having to overcome it. And we do. We learn lessons from them. We are inspired by them. We, uh, we learn how to communicate, how to get to know others in, in different ways. And as part of the, the effort that we're doing with Pandora right now is to really use our, ambas- our ambassadors and our athletes um, as, as individuals who can inspire others, who can um, challenge them to, to keep going and to, um, and to bring out their, their inner champion. We all have that inner champion, and right now it's kind of hard to find sometimes. Yeah. But um, they, they really are, are helping us um, not only see the champions that they are, but I think they're helping us to find the champions that, um, that we are. Um, uh, are there specific challenges for your athletes because of the pandemic that, that limits mm-hmm. their ability to be, in, well, obviously in competition, but in other ways sure. as well? I, I think there, there are a few challenges. Uh, people with intellectual disabilities do um, often have more physical challenges that make them a little bit more vulnerable to the virus that we have right now. And so that, of course, makes it more difficult. I think the challenge um, in schools of not being able to interact with your um, with your fellow classmates, um, not being able to interact with your teacher as much, uh, really really creates a, a new challenge for them to overcome. And and certainly, and in healthcare, from the standpoint of being able to communicate with your doctor, uh, have your caregiver or your um, provider by your side when you're speaking to your physician is certainly um, a challenge that they face right now. But again, we're finding ways to overcome all of those. Um, And our athletes have shown us in in the past that there are are ways to figure out everything. So um, we are using them to help us um, figure out uh, the best way for all of the athletes around the world to be able to get through this pandemic at a time where it is more challenging. You don't have your friends on the plane. You have your, your teammates alongside you. And, and you have to find some unique and unusual ways to be able to communicate and to stay in touch. Um, I would think that, and, and I really, I'll get to your initiatives in just a moment. There's just a couple more big, yeah, sure. big questions if I can. Um, I think sure. we're finding here, and I've talked to a lot of people in youth sports in general, boy, mm-hmm. we're finding out how much team sports and sports matter, I think, in the world, mm-hmm. right? Now, don't they? Especially mm-hmm. for young people. Definitely. Um, sports. I think for everyone, and it's so different with Special Olympics athletes, sports for everyone plays such a, an instrumental part of, of really shaping who you become as a person, right? We, we, learn, we learn about uh, teamwork. We learn you better be on time. Got to listen to your coach. You learn strategy. Uh, you learn so much in working with others um, on the field, on the court, wherever it may be. And, and that's the same for Special Olympics athletes. You know, oftentimes people think of Special Olympics as, as just this event that happens every couple of years. But really, we have over 100,000 events going on in the world on a regular basis. And those events, while really important for physical fitness and for the athletic competition that happens, are also intangible in, in helping um, individuals um, learn how to really maneuver in the world that's around them, really become their best self, whether that is learning skills for employment, um, learning skills to be leaders in their community, learning how to um, communicate and be part of their their school and, and, and that community, 
uh, it's really more than um, athletics and competition. It's an important part because it's key to everything that we do. But but competition and athletics is, is a way for us to be able to introduce people with intellectual disabilities to the rest of society um, in a way that's comfortable and in a way that the rest of society doesn't feel threatened and they really see the gifts that people with intellectual disabilities bring to the table. Um, all right, let's get into the initiatives a little bit here. You had mentioned the sure. one with Pandora. Um, can you describe what is going on with the Special Olympics and the platform? Yeah, it's actually very exciting. Uh, actually, it occurred, it started in last July, so just last month, feels like forever ago. But it's our uh, first ever playlist on Pandora. It's called Special Olympics Champions. And the playlists were developed by um, our Special Olympics athletes and what we call unified partners. Those are individuals who play alongside our athletes but don't necessarily have an intellectual disability. And the goal here is to get people to find, like I was saying earlier, their inner champion. Um, Really become a champion of inclusion in your community. So bring out all that strength that you have inside that you need right now and really look for those in your community who need to be included. And right now there's a whole heck of a lot of people, uh, but really welcoming and respecting and embracing everyone in your community for those unique talents and abilities that they bring to the table. Uh, So they're coming up with um, three to five songs that uh, we've asked them to inspire others to bring out their inner champion. And we heard from Special Olympics athletes, gosh, all across the country. Um, And they, you know, came up with their their walkout or their pump up the crowd kind of songs, um, the songs that they work out and they train to, um, or songs that are just really, really meaningful to them personally. Uh, Pandora, as you know, is, is I think the number one, um, music streaming, um, service in the U S. And so this has given special Olympics, the opportunity to really showcase our athletes in a different light, um, as those who are out there at the gym or right now outside, um, training alongside you. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a number of our celebrity ambassadors um, become involved in it uh, as well. Brooklyn Decker, um, Dalton Reisner, I know you're a football fan. Um, so uh, Dalton, um, King Corbin, uh, so one of the WWE superstars, a myriad of our other um, global ambassadors have become part of this as well and have been integrated into these playlists that people can find on Pandora. Um, again, it's a, it's a way for us to bring a little bit of joy into a bit of a dismal time right now yeah. uh, and hear what's inspiring our athletes. And hopefully it is inspiring others to stay physically fit and active and positive uh, during the pandemic. So was this a pre-pandemic thing and it just kind of happened to coincide with what happened? Or was this something that you guys started to think about amid all this time where competition was going to be down and awareness was going to be down? You know, it, we've had we've had a relationship with Pandora for quite some time, and certainly Special Olympics has been very involved in music for some time, starting way back with um, a very special Christmas, the albums that came out every year by um, by wonderful um, artists to benefit Special Olympics. So we've been really in that music field for a long time. Doing something like this was something that has has developed since the pandemic since um, we discovered that we do need to find some new ways, some unique ways to, again, not only get our athletes excited and moving, but also um, since they are 
our teachers and um, individuals who face isolation on a regular basis is is using them and asking them, how do you deal with it? What inspires you? What gets you going? What gets you most? And, um, and that's when we sat down and talked with Pandora. And together we came up with this idea that will hopefully um, help a variety of people out there to, to stay positive, to stay moving, to stay active um, while we are we're going through what we're going through. So we've talked to obviously a lot of people in the industry who are in marketing of the various leagues and teams and sports, and and they're all talking about the different challenges of staying engaged with their fans um, and how they're going to move forward and what lessons they may learn, you know, when post pandemic, how they're going to market their brands. Um, I'm curious with you, as you kind of look at this, there's a linear line to what they're trying to market. They're trying to build a fan base. They're trying to sell things. They're trying to sell tickets and and whatever. Um, How do you view marketing the special Olympics? It, It has to be, different than that there has to be a different end goal for it there is and and our goal is is i guess you could say twofold but i think in the end what we're really trying to do is create an inclusive world and that means for our athletes but but the lessons that you learn for people with intellectual disabilities and becoming inclusive are lessons that you can apply to any individual group that is experiencing isolation or discrimination And so our goal is to really provide a platform for our athletes to be able to get out there and to showcase, um, and and they're the the best ones to showcase it, to showcase their abilities, to showcase their view of life um, to the rest of the world. And what we find is that the earlier we do this, when we have um, kids playing uh, little league together or when we have them jumping rope together or playing ball together at the youngest age, we notice that the children never build up these, these barriers that say you and I grew up with. And it's much easier to ensure that they're not built than to try to tear them down. And again, that type of message, that messaging um, to really create an inclusive world for all is the messaging that we're trying to drive home on a regular basis. And that for us starts with people with intellectual disabilities. Our leaders in that movement are our athletes. Um, they're the ones who are able to articulate the message the best. They're the ones who are able to show through their grit, through their determination, through their joy of life, exactly what um, and why what that means and why we as a society should do it. So it's a little bit different. Um, so in one perspective, you know, we're, we're looking at the rest of society and, and opening up doors and opening up minds and hearts um, to accept people for the uh, abilities and skills um, that they bring to the table. And then on the other side, we're working with our athletes um, to be able to give them those opportunities, to be able to um, provide um fitness classes and competition and athletics in schools and communities, not only here in the U.S., but all throughout the world, um, that give them the opportunity to become part of a, of a community, to really lead, you know, their best life, um, their most fulfilling life. And so on, on one side, it's general society to really open their minds. And on the other side, it's really engaging people with intellectual disabilities to become involved. Here in the U.S., it's a little bit easier. As we have, um, we have really wonderful government and we have really wonderful local government and really wonderful schools that give us the ability to reach people with intellectual disabilities throughout the rest of the world and in different countries throughout the rest of the world. It becomes a little bit more difficult. People with intellectual disabilities are still often 
um, hidden away, aren't allowed out of the house, are locked up. And so you're really um, looking at things from a different perspective in different parts of the world. But we're fortunate in the U.S. that we're much more of an open society, and it gives us the opportunity to um, to really focus on, on the joy and the possibility of what life can be um, when we really, truly include uh, everyone. Um, obviously, you'd mentioned this earlier to esports and gaming. Um, that, mm-hmm. of course, is exploding everywhere. And there's mm-hmm. tons of relationships and partnerships with traditional sports um, that are mm-hmm. growing. Um, how do you see the relationship with the Special Olympics and the esports gaming um, realm? Sure. Uh, physical activity will always be our number one um our number one choice. We always want people out interacting one-on-one with each other. And I think right now the whole world wants that. To be able to interact face-to-face with someone or, or shake their hands or compete with them um, is what we all desire so much right now. Um, but um, sometimes you don't have that ability and that's happening right now. But it also happens with some of our athletes who may not have um, the capacity to do um, physical athletics. And so e-gaming is a way, again, that you can connect, communicate with people from all around the world um, of differing abilities, of um, differing skills, differing nationalities, uh, and and become kind of a, a real global society. And we've seen our athletes, just like everyone else in the world right now, I think, looking for ways to take up their days, looking for competition still. I think once you have that competitive spirit, that doesn't really ever go away. Uh, so just because you can't get out on the field doesn't mean you want to, you don't want to compete. So this gives them the opportunity to compete in a variety of ways. Um, we worked with WWE on a lot of e-gaming. Um, we work with um, uh, Microsoft puts on a number of um, e-gaming competitions for us. In fact, they recently held one in June of this year. Um, and so it's, it's just another way um, to engage um, and to be um, experienced community right now. Uh, and, and fortunately, e-gaming gives us the opportunity to even broaden our community beyond you know, the, the local boundaries of our own city um, and, and um, expand that through the country and, and through the rest of the world. So our athletes have been extremely, extremely eager and involved and excited, just as most others are uh, in the world right now of, of playing um, whatever it is their favorite game is. Um, with others um, who have the same interests. And I, I would think too, you know, with the message of equality, understanding, mm-hmm. compassion mm-hmm. That, that you guys go for, the way mm-hmm. companies, brands, and sports are reaching children is through those platforms, right? I mean, I think you guys know that, that like they're to get to the young audiences, Twitch and esports and e gaming mm-hmm. really is a pathway to all of that. Mm-hmm. How cool is Twitch? Right? My gosh. <laughs> well, I'm old. I'm too old for it too. I had no but, idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too old. You're talking it, to the wrong person about it too. I'm too old for it too. But, you know, but I, I get did, it. And I, I love was, it. I, you know, I, I recently, probably, you know, more recently than most, discovered Twitch. But uh, you're right. Uh, how do we reach that next generation? How do we reach um, and, uh, the young audience? And when I say young audience, you know, it's, it's 25 and below. Um, so not, we're not talking about just the little guys and, and, and gaming's the way to do it right now. And, and, and that's wonderful. That's fantastic. It, it provides us such an opportunity. Um, and again, the wonderful thing about gaming is, is you have, you're not seeing who you're playing with, right? Um, they could be anyone. And it, it really takes away, um, some of those things that, that, um, that are barriers when we meet someone in person. 
And so this is this is great for our athletes. It's great for our, you know others uh, to have that opportunity to to be the person you want to be um, and to be out there with a, a community of very diverse individuals. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely the way to meet um, to get to I should say um, that next generation um, coming up and, and introducing them to athletics and introducing them to a, a wide variety of, of thoughts. Okay, I'll let you go with this. Um... You know, we're in a very strange time of college football leagues at the time of this taping are trying to figure out whether they're going to play or not. And baseball is trying with hiccups and the NBA and the NHL are playing and we'll see. Um, I don't know. Are are you all able to compete right now? And if not, what what is your viewpoint about holding competitions in the short term? Sure. So so we're very conservative. Um, We are following the guidelines from the CDC. We're very closely um, working with the other sports leagues um, uh, to, to understand what they're doing. Um, but the most important thing for us is safety of our athletes. And so as competition becomes um, um, safe, and in some, in some ways that is tennis is, is safe right now. So um, folks can, can play tennis in their communities um, if, um, if deemed appropriate by their Special Olympics program um, locally. Um, but we, you know, short term is difficult. Um, we're, we're playing it very safe right now, um, making sure that our volunteers and our athletes are, are safe in competition. Um, but I think following the guidelines of the CDC is really what we're looking at um, and ensuring that um, each individual community is, is safe um, before we open up um, our programs to competition um, in, in communities throughout the country and throughout the world. Kelly Seely is the CMO of the Special Olympics. Thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. Hey, thanks, Bram. It's been a pleasure. You stay safe, okay? You too. On the next Future Sport Podcast. So we have opportunities that may be older leagues that uh, have been built up over a long time. They can't, they can't make those moves that we can make. Uh, so to that, in that regard, it's to our advantage. We're a group of innovative thinkers. We're a group of creative people. We're a group, group of storytellers. And, and that's what we're going to continue to do. That's Dan Ghosh-Roy, Chief Digital Officer of the Professional Fighters League, who's helping to modernize what the look and feel of content for a sporting league can be. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.